Welcome to the Erickson Covenant Podcast. We are so glad that you've joined us today. We confess that we don't have all the answers, but as a community, we seek to find and follow Jesus and to discover daily the life he has always wanted for us. We hope this message will be encouraging and will inspire you to take the next steps on your spiritual journey. If we can help you in any way, please connect with us. The easiest way is through our website at ericksoncovenant.ca. Let's get started. Well, friends, I hope you're ready for today's teaching. We're heading into the next passage in Romans 8, verses 26 and 27. And I got to tell you, this particular passage is probably, I don't want to overstate it, but I actually think it's probably one of my own uh, most experientially central passages of Scripture. Like the kind of Scripture that I always come back to, not just in my own life, but also in our life together. Like when I'm connecting with many of you, different struggles, different times, different experiences, I find that this passage, the one we're exploring today, is a passage that I keep returning to. The truth of this passage is so dynamic, uh, so um, comforting, so challenging and compelling, and it's so filled with God's grace um, that it has this incredible gravitational pull for me. And so I'm really excited for us to walk through it today. Uh, I hope you're ready to receive what the Holy Spirit has for us in this passage. Let's, let's pray that we'll be ready to receive this. Would you join with me? Lord Jesus, we are thankful for your word, your written word. And I ask now as we dive into these two verses in Romans 8, that you would reveal yourself to us. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would open up our hearts to receive this powerful, incredible truth that I believe will be so encouraging and potentially life-changing for each and every one of us. So guide us now as we walk into Romans 8. We pray this in your name. Amen. Well, last week we explored in some detail what it means to suffer well. I hope you had a chance to hear it. If you missed it, please go back and listen. Uh, It's on our YouTube channel. The whole service is on our website, ericksoncovenant.ca. But we explored how... The difference it makes when we begin to understand that our suffering can be a way of sharing in the suffering of Christ. And that as bad and as difficult as things really can be here, for us personally or for the people around us, what's now is going to be totally and completely outstripped by what's next. And how God's glory, the glory that's coming, which we only taste a little bit of right now, when it comes in its fullness, when we receive our resurrection bodies and we are with Christ, when all death has been dealt with and evil is gone, what's next will so far outstrip what's now, we will be stunned. And we were called to look at this and to to, to even compare what's next with what's now, so that even as we suffer, we can suffer well. 
And I, I, hope, I hope you heard that. But that really got us to look at what's next. And we still live in what's now, don't we? We explore a little bit of what that is. But, but in this next passage, we begin to see that not only does the Holy Spirit give us hope in our suffering, but the Spirit gives us help in our weakness. Listen to verse 26 and 27 of Romans 8. I hope you find it in a Bible or, or you know, in the, in the chat bar. There's a, there's a Bible option. Look it up on your phone. Read along. I'm going to be reading from the New International Version today. I've been using the New Living Translation, but choosing to use the New International today. Verse 26 and 27, listen to this. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Do you ever feel weak or troubled or maybe exhausted, not sure what to do? I know I do. Have you ever felt confused? You know, you're looking at a situation, you're looking at a a, a problem, and you don't actually know what to pray for. You're not sure what the direction is or what God's will even is. I know I have. I've felt that. Have you ever faced a time when you just felt you just felt nothing? You just felt numb, lifeless, wordless. I'm sure you have. What about those moments when the need just seems so great and frankly the task seems so overwhelming or the hurt seems so massive that you don't even know what to ask for? You know, I think all of us at some point in our lives and sometimes more, maybe more than others, but we've all experienced this kind of moment, these kinds of feelings where we just, well, in the words of Romans 8, we don't know what we ought to pray for. We don't know what to say. We don't know what to do. You know, you receive a terrible diagnosis. What do you pray for? What do you say? You hear of a marriage that's floundering. Well, yeah, you know what to pray for, but in many ways you don't know what to say, what to do. You've tried, you've prayed. Everyone has. What do you do? Or you find yourself struggling maybe back into a deep depression. You don't even know why. But there you are, and this black cloud makes it difficult for you to even to form words, to even look up, to even pray. Or maybe you're just carrying a deep ache for a hurting child or a hurting friend. 
Friends, if you've ever been in a place like any of this, I want you to hear again. Hear again the truth of these verses. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. I hope you're hearing this. When we are weak, when you are weak, the Holy Spirit of God helps us. He is with us. He is in us. He is present to us in a way that we can hardly even imagine. He is our strength and our help. And he is present. When we are confused, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us, advocates for us, speaks for us, prays for us in our name, representing us to the Father through Christ. He's praying for us now. Right now, where you are, right now, in front of your computer, in front of your iPad, in front of your phone, with a friend, with a spouse, all alone. He is not only with you, he is praying for you, even now. He's interceding for you. He's speaking on your behalf. He's praying for you. And what's more, he's groaning with us. You know, last week we explored the first two groanings that we discovered here in Romans 8, right? We discovered that all of creation is groaning in hope, in eager anticipation of the time when creation will finally be liberated because we will be resurrected and redeemed, right? Remember that? All of creation groaning in hope. And then we're told we ourselves groan, longing for salvation, longing for redemption, longing for full transformation, longing for the time when death will be no more and evil will be destroyed and all will be right again, right? We're groaning in anticipation and we're able to see the things that are going on in our lives, the suffering even, and interpret that as a groaning in hope. But what's beautiful here, I think so powerful, is when we begin to understand that the Holy Spirit within us joins us in our groaning. That the Holy Spirit is is interceding for us through wordless groans, through our own groaning. The Holy Spirit himself is groaning for us. Wow. He's in us 
catching up our pain, our confusion, our just our hurt and our struggle and our confusion. He's catching it all up and he's expressing it even through our groans. And then to top it all off, doing it perfectly, doing it in perfect alignment with the will of God. I mean, I firmly believe that we can pray in the will of God more often than we realize. What I mean by that is God's perfect will for us, so much of that has been revealed in Scripture and through Jesus, right? Who God wants us to be, how he wants us to love, um, the way he wants our lives to be shaped in the character of Christ. So much of that's revealed. And we can pray that will of God with complete assurance. But when it comes down to some of the particular things, what to pray for, what to ask for, what to go for, particularly when the situations are complex and there's, there's confusion and hurt, and we don't really know what's happening, don't even understand. We often, though we can pray generally God's will, and I think that's really, really important, the particular thing that we need to pray for, the particular problem, the particular solution, we often just don't know what it is. But what we're told here with such beautiful confidence is that the Holy Spirit does. He knows. He is within us, praying for us, groaning with us, catching it all up, and offering it to the Father in perfect alignment with His will. Isn't that beautiful? Doesn't that give you a a greater sense that even when you don't know, don't understand, don't know what to say, it's okay because the Holy Spirit, He's doing it for us anyway. I love this. I think this is so powerful. I think it touches us right where we live. And I wanted to share some of the ways that this can impact our lives and maybe a a few stories even from from my own. I think back to times in my life when this was particularly poignant. Um, I told you already that there's been, in my life, a huge gravitational pull to this. Um, I don't want to overshare about difficult situations, but, but there was one I wanted to share because the family members of this person have passed, um, and I can, I can share it, I think, more openly with us. But a number of years ago, a man in our congregation that we all loved and cared for, um, I became very close with him, and we were helping him as a family. And uh, he had a lot of struggles. Came to faith in Jesus here. Was baptized. Um, was loved. But um, there, was a lot of, there was a lot of struggle there. A lot of weakness. And um, Jesus knew that. And Jesus loved him deeply, as we did. And there were beautiful moments of grace and and beauty and experience. But um, in the end, um, he he really struggled and and he ended up dying. And um, he didn't didn't inflict that upon himself, but 
sort of gave up on life and, and, and died. And um, I, w- I was the one who found him. And it was a few days after he died. And, and it was one of these just horrifying moments in life for me. Someone that I loved, someone that I cared for, someone that I felt like I, I had tried to help but felt kind of impossible to help. And then realizing he had, he had passed. And, and I, I was um, deeply distraught. And, um, and I remember this moment when I was following uh, our, the RCMP officer into town uh, to inform uh, this friend of ours, uh, his family, to in- inform them, and they've since passed now, but to inform them of 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 his death. And it was uh, it was late at night, and it was dark. I remember driving to town, and I was so deeply, um, I was just messed up. I was just so raw, so upset. And as I was driving to town, I felt within myself just a deep sobbing. I think you know what I mean. A deep well of grief and sobbing was coming out. And I was, without necessarily thinking about this passage, truly I was groaning. I was, I was weeping out loud. I was wiping tears away and trying to keep the RCMP officer's car in front of me in, in view and, and keep driving straight. But I was weeping and just all this sorrow crashing in on me. And, and as I was doing that, as I was praying, um, I immediately felt, and I can, I can tell you exactly where it is. It was the corner there by the, by the little Remax uh, place there. Um, it was suddenly like in the midst of my own heart as I was crying out, it was like the Holy Spirit joined in my, in my groaning. And in that moment of, of weeping and of grief and of sorrow, um, I began to pray um, and, 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 and cry. Um, some of it was in English and some of it was in tongues, which may be somewhat unfamiliar for you or might be something that feels strange to you, but I'm just telling you this is how it, I experienced it. But at that moment, I realized the Holy Spirit was praying with me praying from within me, praying for me, but also praying for this man's family. And it assured me in that moment, not only that the Holy Spirit was with me in that moment, but it also was a powerful reminder that the Holy Spirit had been with him all along too, that the Holy Spirit loved him. The Holy Spirit had been interceding for him at his weakest, darkest moment, and even in his final hours before he died, that the Holy Spirit was praying for him, was praying within me, was joining me in my groan of grief. That was one one of many times in my life when in the midst of something that was very troubling, very tragic, very difficult, I felt this strong assurance that even in the midst of this deep confusion and hurt and pain, the Holy Spirit was in me, praying with me, praying for me and even through my cries and my groans. And that can be the same for you too. I don't know what might be going on in your life, trouble, tragedy, but I can assure you of this. The Holy Spirit who loves you is interceding for you 
even now. And for you to just name that, even say thank you for it, but just to take confidence from it that he's with you. Those are in the troubles. But, but I also know that we live in a time that is incredibly confusing and chaotic too. Uh, during this last week, I spent hours on Zoom with pastors from all across the U.S. and a few of us from Canada. Um, we're the representatives of the various 11 regional conferences in the Covenant Church, as well as the conferences of some of our multi-ethnic associations and our chaplaincy groups and all that. So there was about 25, 26 of us. And we're sharing reports about how the churches and the pastors are doing in our conferences. So I'm there representing Canada, but you know, people are from literally from Florida to Sacramento to, to Anchorage to Vermont, all over the place. And it was a pretty consistent theme, this won't surprise you, that pastors, so this was our focus of our conversation, pastors are in the middle of what is one of the most divisive times they've ever experienced as pastors. I mean, it's brutal. Some of them are, are, are bloody and battered. And um, that represents a lot of stuff, you understand. And some of them are incredibly exhausted, and some of them want to just quit. Quit the whole thing altogether and go sell life insurance or something. But there's an incredible sense of division and chaos. And in that very moment of hearing these reports, or read through all these reports beforehand, it was like the Holy Spirit Again, I got a lot of gravitational pull with this, and of course, I was preparing to preach this this week, but I was reminded again, the Holy Spirit is interceding for his people in accordance with the will of God. The Holy Spirit is in this mess. The Holy Spirit is, is there in the muck. And, and, and this is the Holy Spirit that brings unity, but also brings conviction, that brings truth and grace but is right there in the midst of the chaos and the confusion that in this particular case was really obvious to me, even for these pastors who have been serving the church and are um, pretty hurt. The Holy Spirit is interceding for them too, interceding for his people according to the will of God. And there's something hopeful in there, isn't there? That even in the weakness, the Holy Spirit is interceding. I was also reminded, um, again, this week in another conversation. Now, some of us experience a lot of discouragement or even depression, or maybe some form of mental illness. It could be, it could be that you've struggled with um, any variety of things, but um, a sense in which, in the middle of, of it all, um, you're at a loss. You, you don't know what to do, and I've. I've been there, and I've walked with lots of you who have been there or are there. And uh, there's something beautiful in here for you, too. I know I've reminded some of you when we've had conversations. And the reminder isn't, well, just try praying, um, because there's times when that feels impossible. Or um, I certainly... um, 
don't want ever to suggest, well, just, you know, try something, you'll feel better soon, whatever. Rather than all the platitudes and the false advice, there's something powerful to simply be reminded that you, in a time of darkness or a time of discouragement or a time of depression, just to be reminded that the Holy Spirit knows our weakness. He's with us even now. And you know what? When you don't know what to say and what to pray and can't do anything, when you can't even lift your head, the Holy Spirit is praying for you. It's not on you. It's not up to you. It's not that you just need to somehow find the right words. You don't need to. And I want you to hear that, particularly those of you who are really struggling with a dark time or an incredibly lonely time or particularly a time where you're struggling with mental health. I want you to hear me clear. You don't need to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and somehow figure it out. Rather, know this. The Holy Spirit knows your weakness. He meets you in that darkness and He is praying for you. You can trust Him. You can rely on him. He's for you and he's with you. But you know, it's not just in the tragedy and the trouble and the chaos and the confusion and the depression and the discouragement. I also want want you to hear, there's something beautiful in here about just the times of quiet too. The times in our own lives when we're actually feeling good and there's, there's a sense of peace and contentment. Maybe you're sitting around a fire you're driving your car. Maybe you've just heard a great song or you've just enjoyed a wonderful conversation with a friend. Maybe you've actually set aside some time to to read the scripture and to pray. And you, you come to it and you realize, I don't actually need to fill this space with my words today. And to just know that the Holy Spirit is on the job. That he's praying with us and for us. And there may be some, some ways you want to speak into that, but you also can rest in that. Receive from that. And know that even in those times of beautiful quiet, the Holy Spirit is interceding for you, praying for you. And lastly, you've already heard me say it in my own in my own uh, life as a pastor and as a friend, but I also want to just remind you that there's some real encouragement and empowerment here as you think about how to encourage and empower others who are struggling or facing some of these things we've even named. Rather than offering platitudes or advice, it's a beautiful thing to be able to say, listen, I don't really know what to pray for either. I don't really know what to say, but I just want you to know that the Holy Spirit knows. And he's praying for you. The Holy Spirit knows, and he's praying through me for you. To just assure them of that and encourage them in that can be so powerful at recentering people's experience so that we are, again, living from this beautiful center. Well, how do we practically apply this? I've talked about a lot of things here. 
I want to just simplify it and say there's kind of three ways we can do this as we finish and then go to communion. The first is, I think there's a beautiful invitation into gratitude here. When we realize, whether it's through tears or in a place of quiet, that we are in that place that's named here, we don't know what we ought to pray for. You know, it can be as simple as this. Say, thank you, Holy Spirit, for praying for me. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for interceding on my behalf or on their behalf or whatever concern you may care. Just to thank the Holy Spirit for his presence and his prayer. Express your gratitude. It's a beautiful way of, of, of entering into this truth. Second, to be reaffirmed in God's grace. To, to be able to sit with this and know that, what does this mean for you and me? That we have a God who helps us in our weakness. He doesn't shame us for being weak. He doesn't say, come on, buck up. He enters into our weakness, enters into our confusion, our ignorance, and does what needs to be done for us. Isn't that the grace of God? So in the gratitude, to also revel in the grace. And to, 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 to let your mind soak in that. This is God. This is the God that we follow. This is the, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who comes to us now by the Holy Spirit. What grace. What freedom. What life. So, express gratitude. Revel in grace. And then, the third has to do with our groans again. There is an invitation here. There is an invitation to pray along with the Spirit even through those wordless or inarticulate groans. Now, that can look different depending on the situation, depending on the person. I understand that. It could be that you simply know that as you weep, as you cry, as you sit there in numbed silence, the Holy Spirit is catching up that grief or that confusion or that pain and groaning with you. It could be as simple as that. But it also is an invitation to actually groan, to physically, verbally articulate the pain and know that somehow in that, the Holy Spirit is joining you, maybe even groaning through you, maybe even taking your groans and using them as part of the intercession that he is working on behalf of someone else. It's a beautiful thing. It could be also that, that there is a way in which we can participate through, I mentioned it earlier in my own story, but through the, the spirit gift of tongues. I haven't taught a lot on that here, though I've mentioned it at different times. Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians 14, that uh, there's a way in which we can pray, Paul talks about it, in a, in a tongue. Um, he, he, he refers to it as a, as a language that's given to us by God. It's a special language. And it, it's used in prayer. 
there's another kind of gift of tongues that's that's used in in the public setting that needs always to be interpreted. And most of First Corinthians 14, the early parts, is Paul's argument about that with a with a church that had overemphasized tongues. But what we pick up from Paul's teaching there is that praying in tongues is a way in which the Holy Spirit can pray through us. We can join the Holy Spirit in praying in a special tongue. And and that's something that we can ask for, something we can do. We don't have to do it. It's not essential. It's certainly not something that is elevated up as the gift everyone should have. Nothing like that. But rather, it's a gift. In my own life, I can tell you that many, many times the Holy Spirit has enabled me to pray with the gift of tongues or pray in a, in a tongue in a way that I believe enables me to pray along with the Holy Spirit even when I don't understand what's happening. Now, I pray a lot in English too, you've got to know. I pray a lot from Scripture. But there's times where praying by the Spirit in a tongue, it's like it releases something in me. Paul talks about how our spirits can be edified. Our minds aren't at that particular moment, but our spirits can be edified as we pray along in a tongue. In Ephesians 6.18, we're told to pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. There's a broad range of ways we can do this. So whether it's through an inarticulate groan, whether it's through the gift of tongues, whether it's just through sitting in silence, and knowing that the Spirit is praying with us. I invite you to groan along with the Spirit of God who is in you, interceding for you, in fact, interceding for all of God's people according to the will of God. We want to go to the communion table now. We normally go through a bit of a liturgy in our communion. Today, we're not going to. Today, instead, we're going to come to the table and we're going to do just this. Express gratitude, focus on grace, and then groan along with the Spirit. Would you join me at the table? First, let's begin with gratitude. Let's pray. Jesus, we come to this table to receive bread and and juice. And we come with gratitude for your amazing grace, for the covenant that you made with us, with your own body, your own blood. And for sending your Holy Spirit after you ascended to the right hand of the Father so that we could live in you now. Holy Spirit, we thank you for being present here And even now, wherever we are, at home, in our car, at a coffee shop, you are with us. You are in us. And you are praying for us even now. So we thank you for meeting us here, for interceding for us even now. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's read. I'll read for you uh, the words of institution from 1 Corinthians. And let's hear the grace of Jesus in this. These are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ as they were given to us by the Apostle Paul. He said, For I pass on to you what I received 
from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Take a moment now before you eat the bread and drink the juice. I invite you to take a moment right now. Whatever you might be experiencing, maybe we named something today that, that touched you. Describe where you're at. Take a moment and let that groan come out. You don't have to physically groan, but you can if you want. My point here is this. The Holy Spirit is in you even as we participate today. And I invite you to let that groan come out with the confidence that the Holy Spirit is interceding for you even now here at this table. The Holy Spirit is praying that you will experience the depth of Christ's love for you, the the breadth of the Father's desire for you even now. Take a moment and do this. And so, Holy Spirit, we come to your table. We partake of the bread and the juice. It's an expression of your love for us. We take, we eat, and we drink. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And now we want to transition as we finish today to a song of great hope. The one on whom our whole life is built, Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening in today. We hope you feel encouraged and challenged. If you know someone who would benefit from what you have heard today, please share this podcast. For more information, or if you have questions, you can connect with us through our website, ericksoncovenant.ca. You can also find us on Facebook by searching for Erickson Covenant Church.